and good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever it is on your two sun planet. Welcome to the Met with the Movie Blog channel. This is the Book of Boba Fett. We are talking about the first episode or chapter. I think we're going to call them chapters. They're episodes. We're getting six of them. This is the first one, and I'm not alone. I am joined by. Are we doing? Are we going Kiwi Jess? Are we going Jess? What? How? How's your pronoun game feeling tonight? I think everyone just refers to me as Kiwi Jess, so I might just keep the branding going. Kiwi. Yeah, we we might as well. And if we're going to lean into that, we're going to lean into that on this of all shows. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to be represented as a Kiwi for this. In a galaxy far, far away, mm-hmm. you guys continue to be further and further away. Good stuff. So, I want to start, by the way, we're going to talk a little bit, because we've never really talked about Star Wars before. We've talked a bit, and not so much about Star Wars. So, what's your what's your Star Wars gateway? Where are you at with the Star Wars franchise in general? Tell the people. Watched all the movies. Uh Rogue One's actually my favorite Star Wars film. I actually really, really love it. Uh, so watched most of the TV shows, Knights of the Republic, so fairly well versed in it. Oh, and I had to watch the holiday special several times for a for a match. So that might yeah. end my Star Wars love. I might just tap out now. You want to plug that now or do you want to wait till the end? <laughs> if anyone wants to go and check that out. No, we can wait till the end. Yeah. Okay, see, I like that. Which is not something we get a lot of in this rancid, raggedy world of bounty hunters. But I want to talk a little bit about Boba Fett as well, and my history with Boba Fett. Because I feel like there was a period post-prequels where people were generally down on Star Wars in general. And Boba Fett in particular seemed to take a big dive And um, I don't know if that was just my perception, but it seemed to me that people went from being really excited about Boba Fett in the 90s and the early 2000s to all of a sudden, nah, he wasn't that cool. He was never that cool. We don't give a shit. We don't need a whole show. And it seems like after Mando, that's Mandalorian for all you noobs. The the, the tune really changed, and I'm happy. I've always been on board with Boba Fett. I lost my shit. When I heard that seismic charge in episode four, season two, Mandalorian, I believe, um, I lost my shit at that more than I lost my crap at Luke. So I I'm mean, a big we all knew that was coming. Yeah, kind of did, kind of did. Did not see this coming. Did not see no. Boba Fett. And Ugh. we go hard on Boba Fett. If any of you ever had questions pertaining to this character at any point in the last 20, 30, 40 years, depending on our demographic. You, you're going to get a lot of those surprisingly answered in this first episode. We start off, we um, attack the clones footage, which yeah. is everyone's favourite Star Wars movie. So we're all super stoked to see attack of the clones stuff. Mm, be reminded of that. That was great. <laughs> so then I'm thinking, oh, okay, I see what we're doing here. He's in the back to tank. Um, we're going to get these flashbacks that are going to kind of just progress throughout the episodes and eventually maybe like episode three or four will eventually catch up to the chronology of the Sarlacc pit. But oh no. Oh no. Straight in. Straight in. We cut to 
and we don't even see that we don't need to see the drop again we're probably not going to use footage from the We've actual seen movie it plenty of times plenty we of don't times need to see it again return of jedi is still the best star wars movie and we pick up where we left off in a classic trilogy movie deep in the pit who doesn't love daniel logan poor kid you know picked up that helmet and got yeah. more than he bargained for um that's a great shot like people it's say it's george lucas can't so direct glad. so glad they used it yeah it's great i wonder what that kid's doing now i'd like to see him just doing in general. stuff doing on the screen nothing weird he's old it's fine anyway mm-hmm. but yeah we, we really set off with a somber tone um music is great throughout this whole episode really mm-hmm. really tense really gnarly doesn't like it's even less star wars than the mandalorian music i, I didn't i didn't get a chance though, to check who did this yes and here we go we've got a resident star wars expert in the chat and he did the voice for boba in clone wars so he was young boba i mean he's young boba i mean they're kind of one and the same it kind of goes without saying hey ben if you've got any um useful star wars knowledge that you feel like we're not giving you enough of please feel free to drop it in the chat speak to danny he'll tell you how it works i love this alec pit um portion though because it's a a callback to one of the legends comics yes very much so and i was surprised how closely they lean into that stuff because i mean it's different how he gets out versus in the um comic i haven't actually read the comic but you know i get kind of get like the general beats of the stuff but again mine melts with the sarlacc and there's this uh mental war that they have that he eventually overcomes the sarlacc and then he gets out of the pit that way instead i don't see how that works on screen not just the pretty face they know stuff too you know we have multifaceted people on this channel over here at Merp with the movie blog so mm-hmm. you know we, we we basically that means we take anyone it's fine wow so, <sighs> do you always bring your guests on here and insult them i find it better to do that before <laughs> they insult me on my own turf josh doesn't protect me as much as i would like yay hi dear you what's a boba fit Okay, what you're going to do is you're going to... It's a small mushroom. It only grows in humid places. So we've never once seen one of those mushrooms here in the UK. Um, (laughs) Is is there like a a grey fet mushroom? We've probably got one of those. But I digress. If you want to follow my culinary channel, you can go and visit me at Don't. It's fine. So the episode. There is an episode. And as I was saying, I'm surprised at how closely they kind of stuck to, um, like, the general consensus has been, like, you know, kind of based off of what happened in that comic. He claws his way out. Flamethrowers, armour, grappling hook, all that stuff. And I really thought that they would just, like, go completely the other way if they were eventually going to do this stuff, which didn't seem like they were going to for the longest time. But they just went full fan service with it. And it works fine. You know, it's not bad fan service, but we literally, like, we even get the Pat and Oswald reference of the gloved hand coming out of the sand yeah. from the Parks and Rec monologue. 
Exactly, yeah. Ben. See, Ben yeah. knows what I'm on about. Yeah. You know, maybe hang in there, Ben. There might be a, a slot going next week. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how we go. So, um... He gets found like by the same people. There we go. Yes, this is great. Oh, this is some of the best stuff. Um, like a little insight into like the culture and the height. There's like there's actual like like a little like hierarchy within the within the the tribes of the the Sam the Sam people. Should we call them Sam people? I I did I did hesitate. Why, what would you call them? Fine. Would, you call we, them would we just call them Tuscan Raiders? I don't know if Sam people... Ray just is... sounds aggressive. I don't know. You're getting football teams being cancelled for things like that. <laughs> yeah, raid does imply, like, invasion and pillaging. And we don't we don't, we don't, don't want to hit those okay, things let's, too yeah, hard. So let's, let's, let's move on from the politics of their names. Good idea. So here's the best thing about Star Wars, or, or new, newer Star Wars, is not when they try to be Star Wars, it's when they base it on the stuff that inspired Star Wars. We got a lot of like the samurai influence in like Visions and Ma Mandalorian and stuff. And this show, we go hard, hard Western. Like we are doing shot for shot stuff from Good, the Bad and the Ugly, where Clint Eastwood's getting dragged through the desert. Only this time, it's fucking Boba Fett in a Western. And you all said you didn't want this. That's exactly what you're getting. But I digress again. They drag him back to the camp. Um, and he doesn't kill the dog. I'm surprised. No, but that's that's true to his character. It's the fact that he, he throughout the episode, he makes very conscious choices to be good and stand on his own merits, not by just killing people. So it just sets up his character and they drop little bits of that all the way throughout. Yeah, and I hope we're going to get more of that because, you know, he is known for being, you know, a ruthless bounty hunter, and that's not exactly where we find him in this show. But I do feel like we, we're he's missing a little bit of that tape. And you think he wants to do this forever? Yeah, that's fair. That's why he's got Ming the Wen helping him oh, out. She's a gem. Oh man, G give me some Ming the Wen anytime. When? Anytime. How are we going, Ben? I love the flashback at the start of the episode from Attack of the Clones. It makes me feel like, yes, exactly. And the fact that we're able to use those shots in this like modern era of Star Wars and have it not feel completely jarring. You know, we've seen some other big franchises do some similar stuff recently where they brought back elements from past movies and integrated them well into stuff. And there's nothing wrong with fan service. We are the fans. We like to be serviced. That's okay. It's how you integrate it into the story and it needs to develop from the story as opposed to the other way around. So I'm looking for... You know that. It's I'm, just, I'm just watching you monologue. You, you, you feel free to mm -hmm. chime in. you got a monologue of your own. As a resident Kiwi expert, how, how do you feel this scene captured your... Um, your culture there did it work for you it wasn't wasn't capturing our culture i we don't have we don't we don't we're not in a desert land 
I hate to break it to you. I don't think we've got oh, a desert anywhere. No, I don't think we have a desert here. So just wrong on that friend. count. I mean, just it's a little, bit, little bit racist that you just presume. But that's fine. Timira Morrison's a gem. He's not in Guatemala now, Dr. Opata, which is a Shortland Street reference because the dude used to be on a very popular soap opera here. It's terrible. It's a, it's a medical daytime soap opera and it's it's bad it's just, it, it's just is it bad. actually terrible is it just considered to be terrible or are you just passing judgment on no no it is considered everyone? to be terrible we have appeared on major american talk shows for clips from that show <laughs> i'm not going to mention what clip it was because i don't know if i'm allowed to say that word on this channel so wow youtube algorithm is going to blow up everyone's going to be searching this obscure New Zealand soap opera. The internet Street, isn't prepared. Shortland Street, right? Right. Yes. Let's, let's make sure we get that plug in there for all the Shortland Street. Yeah, he played a doctor there. on there that was just come back from Guatemala. He was yes, yes, yes. yes. Anything that he's in, I'm super keen on. He's also the uh, voice of the chief, not the singing voice, but the voice of the chief in Moana. I did not know that. I saw it okay. once last year overrated you then you saw it far too little but that's fine <laughs> moving on yeah um and also the oscar winning movie barbed wire from 1993 um anyone wants to go check that out and you haven't heard of it before we're just trying to are... plug his whole imdb career at this point why not the, you know he's he one of these actors it. that just hasn't blown up it. exactly so and if being in star wars isn't going to do it then we are going to do it. But not before these Tuscan Raiders give this guy the worst time. And they're not as savage as I thought they might be. So I don't want to be too harsh. Like I said, we really get insight into like how they interact with each other. You know, we've got different uniforms and different ranks. And, you know, we, we, we got black cloth, which is terrible in the sun. But I digress absolutely fine i really wish i watched this episode twice because you're trying to remember what happened because i'm trying to get yeah i'm stalling while i get to the um the next the chunk of this episode i'll tell you what we um what scene i want to talk about i want to talk about this tribute scene with um by Fair. i don't think i'm skipping too far ahead um this is great there were Everyone's bringing stuff. We get the Grimori Grimorian, Gregorian. You're gonna, you correct. Feel free to correct me, somebody. Grimorian, but that's fine. Grammorian, 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 Grammorian. And they oh, made yeah. a point. And and again, this this felt a little bit on the a little bit too fan servicey, where they had to go out of their way to specify these are the two same ones that were in Return of the Jedi fighting in the palace and they've well, been that's through not some... exactly what they said they said that they were loyal to java which like that's the thing is it explains why they're still alive that's a good point i mean you know what we don't need to have it explained why they're alive because if we find out a little bit later on that these guys do have a use and they're pretty handy We've seen though in Star Wars loyal. that every time they bring in a prisoner, they're like, "This is blah blah blah." We found him doing the da da da. da. <laughs> it's a Star Wars. It's a Star Wars trope. Let's be honest. Yeah. So if you're like a 
B, C or D list character in a movie, chances are after the events of that movie, you're getting captured and used as a plot right. device later on. <laughs> Which is perfect. Anyway, I'm loving like the gangstery, godfathery vibe that mm, we got going very on. Godfather vibes. I like how Ming Nguyen, or actually Phoenix, doesn't trust anyone. She's great. She's just so anti people. I can relate to that. It's great. Yeah. She's so much more brutal than he is. And he's got no he's, qualms. He's softened. He's, he's a really, I feel like this is Logan for Boba Fett. This is how I'm coming into it with it being Logan. So old man Boba Fett. And it's going to be, I, I'm really interested to see where they take his character, but it has that same sort of feeling to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Logan was Logan felt like a West, and so does this. So I feel like there's there's very similar framework to this. Yeah, definitely. And we even get like this whole like healing thing. He's having to sleep in the um, is it a back to tank? It's like a like a back to tank. Yeah, he did light. not look good. He did not look good. Uh, when 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 the uh was in the desert, I'll say that much. Yeah, and when they drag him back later on, they just like just throw him in there like this dude needs to be in this thing right mm. now so i'm not sure like if there's more detail and story to be unearthed about like the extent of like his health in this and i don't know we're not all watching this show to to know about his health yeah oh, of Jango course Django would be way. more brutal ben but spoiler alert he doesn't have a fucking head <laughs> Stop. yeah boba is yes, much more on the gray scale mm-hmm. um we which makes me want to um I want to know more about him in the movies, like more like internalized what he's you know what his thought process was going in, you know, was it just a job? Was he just like a ruthless savage who had an axe to grind and found a way to get paid for it? You know, at what point did this stuff that we're seeing in this episode start like seeping in? I don't know if we're going to go further back than like Return of the Jedi in any of these flashbacks. I don't think it's our door possibility. It might get a bit too crazy if they start jumping backwards and forwards too much. I like the pacing that we've got going on where we're kind of just going back and forth from these Tuscan Raiders or sound people. And dude can't catch a break. Like he ends up back with these guys and gals. I don't know how the Tuscan Raiders work. He ends up back with them like three times in this episode. And yeah, but the third still... time he goes back willingly, he goes back as an equal, not as a prisoner anymore. That's what the whole yes. symbolic gesture of him being able to drink the water is because it's such a precious resource in the desert that the handing of that to him is yeah. just a, a complete symbol for he is now worthy. And that's why we see him in Mando where he's got the Tuscan Raider um, weapons on his back. It's because he's yes. been given them. That's so we'll a really good point. Continuation of when he gets to this point, we might even see how he he learns new skills from them. Yeah, that'd be cool. And I love how the um him like earning the respect of the um the raiders instead of because like we see a couple of times like he probably could have gotten out of this and taken most of these. He could have killed the youngling. Down. He could have easily killed the youngling and started running, yeah, but he chose not like, to. And it's once again another showing that he's not just going to be a brutal yeah. murderer. So this whole um, stuff with the Raiders just really parallels like his approach to how we're seeing him kind of take over the Jabba Empire, I guess. It's just kind of just like one dusty well, town. Well, because the mayor's representative would have been killed. If that was Jabba the Hutt, 
he would have killed him for not bringing a tribute and not turning yes. up himself. And that's what would have been cut and dry done because Jabba wouldn't have let that happen. So the very fact that that representative was able to leave. I don't want to talk about that guy. I fucking hate that guy. I know we're supposed to, but did it feel like he was slightly in a different good evening and um, or whatever time it is is for you? I've I've been seeing taco memes all day. I've got to send you some of these things, man. Watch out. Anyway, there's one with balls in it. It's great. Okay. <laughs> just the just the word, not the. Anyway. Anyway. Thanks. Anyway. Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining the chat there. Well, they were about to get cancelled. Anyway. But yeah, um, this. This representative for the mayor, I felt I feel like he was like almost in a different show. Like he was like from like Spy Kids or Star Trek or something. And I, I get that they Spy just wanted Kids? to make him feel pompous. Yeah, I know that's pretty astute. Maybe like not Spy Kids one, but maybe like Spy Kids three or four, like back in time or whatever it's called. Um and this episode is directed by Robert Rodriguez. This episode yeah. is so damn well directed. Um I, I saw some people complaining about the action in this episode, and I'll try not to look at too much chat before be I. Someone who doesn't like something, especially when it's Star Wars, it's the same as people who said it was super, super slow paced. I'm like, you can't have a TV show just be balls to the wall consistently. That gets boring. It really does. It really does. Trying to think of a good example of a show, but we're all learning. We're all we're all moving slowly this year. It's been. Absolutely wonderful. We don't even go to space in this episode. We do not see a single black sky or like a star, really. We don't see a ship, you know, and I love that. It's it's in the realm of Star Wars, but it's not a Star Wars thing. It's it's once again similar to Mando where it was all super grounded and I loved it. Yeah, but even in Mando, like they, you know, he, he travels around like planet to planet between episodes, but there's, it still felt like, a lot bigger and you know not that this feeling smaller is is bad but like i could just see like the studio notes like this is star wars you know there's no space like what's going on you know that could have been an easy trap like three or four years ago that they would have fallen into final fight yeah, I... felt a little bit out of place you mean like with the ninjas with the with the glowing shields and stuff I'm sure it's the same thing that with the on the blast shields when they had the Darth Maul fight. I'm almost certain because they look exactly the same and nothing gets through them, no lightsaber beams or anything like that. Yeah, that that makes sense. I would like to think that it was the same technology. Um, I thought the I thought the ninja costumes were a little bit lame. I mean, we don't know who the these fight people... choreography was kind of weird. I don't understand why because you what it almost seems. Um, methodical that one of them would each sort of jab them at a different time and I was like wouldn't they all just be going for it not doing this whole I'm just gonna go once at a time yeah that's like a movie tv action thing no, that's but just for something that's meant to be so grounded it does feel you know you we're getting so many better fight chor- chor- you know, chor- choreography yeah. in these shows that it feels stupid to sort of especially in a first episode kind of have this eh Fighting. I think the um, the sloppy choreography. Pl- I don't want to say it was intentional, but I definitely think it plays into it because you know when these guys show up with their 
crazy weird Darth Maul shields, you know, and even though we've more than established how like badass our two main characters are, they're struggling, and it takes them a little while to figure out. Yeah, you 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 get those um, blast shields on your back. You've got heroes in a half shell right there. Um, but yeah, I thought the co the, the lack of choreography played into it because they're you know they're learning this stuff on the fly. They don't they're know who they assassins. are. We don't know who they are. No, but they are, they're clearly hired assassins. That's oh the yeah, reason. no, they should know what they're doing. But I it's, mean, like so from that's the perspective, why it feels out of place. It doesn't yeah. feel like it. It's real. It feels cartoony and like yeah. it's just it, for something that's had really good grounded, um, a real grounded feel to it. It just it does feel out of place because it is this cartoony. Like we're all gonna attack you at yeah. one time each. It just that's the thing is they could have lessened the amount. And um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Everything else is great. It this was is where I think it, a bit off. that's why I say it's like the costumes. Like, did they have to look like ninjas? Like, maybe if they wasn't dressed like ninjas, we wouldn't expect them to it's be like not, organized, like flipping around. They've Put all them in some bulky no, armor. Let's be honest. They've been hired assassins. You can't talk your way around and be like, if they had different costumes, maybe it wouldn't be there. No, the problem in here lies the fact that they're hired help. That's like, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like, why would you send them then? If you're trying to kill, let's be honest, if you're trying to kill Boba Fett of all people, are you going to send some half-assed assassins? No. So it makes no, you no sense that the assassins that have been sent are average. Super and I'm not trying to defend the ninjas, okay? I think they're <laughs> crappy as well. I'm not on the side of the the, the turtle ninjas. Um, bad name. No, stop. <laughs> anyway. You heard it here first. So, where are we? Where are we? Turtle ninjas. No, um, well, we, skip, we... we skipped the, uh, the Mos Eisley... Lab well, when they walk, called sanctuary, the sanctuary. Right, where they, where they're um, with the big, where they the get big, their the helmets big... over, and they get filled up with the with the rebellion coins. You did watch the episode, right, Dean? I watched the episode. It's been a long day, everybody. I got <laughs> Boba Fett out my ears. I've got Spider Man out my. Anyway. It's fine. We're running on two hours sleep, everybody, and it's later than you think it and is. And it shows. So what did you think of the scene? With it, I don't know if it's a Twi'lek or a Twi'lek, and she now, she run, basically, from what it appears, is either the, the hostess or she runs the establishment. Yeah. I, she's the one that speaks directly to Boba Fett about the arrangement that they're obviously going to have going forward. And I thought it was really cool, yeah. considering that in the movies, we saw that Jabba the Hutt had one of her people as a slave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great to see them like I mean we get an abundance of them. They really they really love the the, the, the big floppy ear fellows in the in in this place. Are you talking um, about the twi Twilex, Twilex, whatever they're called as a yeah. race or just anything that has Well they this is what I'm saying. I'm not sure are the Twilex all like different colours or are they yeah. just really just leading into this tacos, the floppy ear prosthetic they got it's like every every, every 
like 90% of the aliens in this episode just had the big tuby ears. I'm just like, can we have like Did they? Some variety? I, noticed, I, I noticed a whole bunch of other races. I mean, yeah, they're populated in the background, don't get me wrong. But just like every in this scene, it just stood out to me because they just like was like on a conveyor belt coming up and talking to them. We got one with like big blue pet. There was a yellow one, there was a white one, there was a blue one, a green one, like are you making up colours or did you genuinely see four different coloured ones? I saw all of these all of these people crawling out of the woodwork. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna count them, I'm gonna screenshot them, I'm gonna post them on Twitter. Bring bring it on, bring it on. And maybe it plays into your point of like maybe that's to show like, you know, Jabba the Hutt's, you know, not running this place anymore. So, you know, different kinds of people are being allowed to like live different kinds of lives and and be freer and all this stuff. And it just is a nice visual representation of like, you know, how things could be different with a you know, with a certain popular bounty hunter in charge. Of, yeah, well, of he anything. doesn't want to even be carried in. It's the whole thing that he doesn't, he wants to walk on his own two feet. Yeah. And I'm glad they addressed it in the episode because when they're all walking around, they're like, we've got to go do this. You know, this was Jabba's territory. We've got to like make our presence known. And I'm sitting, I'm like, there's no fucking way Jabba was walking around this desert door to door knocking. And then two seconds later, they're like, yeah, Jabba didn't really do it this way. Fennec says, like, you know, just leave me to do it. This isn't how Jabba did it. And then that ties back into when he says, no, I want I want to rule with respect, you know, not fear, which is, again, ties back into what we see with, with the Raiders. And, you know, he just wants a mutual appreciation and understanding. And hopefully that will create a more wholesome crime lord relationship. He's still a crime lord. Let's not forget that. Let's absolutely not forget that. I don't think that. anyone has. That's why he's been given buckets, like a helmet full of coins. No one just hands you that without you asking, unless you're involved in some shady shit. Let's yeah. be honest. And they're not all like respecting him. Like there's there's definitely a fear element still yeah, playing. Like, you can't get this around kind of it. Stuff. You always. can't get around that. So I wonder if that's gonna be a, an issue that's gonna kind of be a reoccurring theme throughout this show, you know. And nobody wants like the pacifist Boba Fett show or anything. But I'm wondering how much they're going to lean into that going forward. Because that could be really interesting if they pull it off and with how heavily they've leaned into the Western stuff and like all that moral grey area, you know, that the bad guys are just as shitty as the good guys. Um, so I'm excited to see that moving forward. Then, then we got a we terrible on... fight choreography sequence. Then we get a questionable fight choreography sequence. However, we get some chase sequence stuff in here as well with um, Fennec parkour. Chang. Some great parkour. Reminded me of, um, like, you know, Robert Rodriguez stuff like Desperado, but also, like, some of the stuff in Aquaman they was doing when they're, like, running through the desert on top of, like, the buildings and stuff. And we're getting, like, these really wide helicopter shots. And somehow that worked without like ruining the westerniness of it. New word, you're welcome. And yeah, I thought it juggled, you know, a few potentially jarring tones and elements from Star Wars and like you talk about that, that whole sequence general. as a whole. Yes. 
And I mean, yeah, and the whole episode as well. But yeah, specifically this bit right now. I just love but... that Fennec told told her that she needed to bring back alive, and she goes, "Cool, I don't even I only need one," and just kicks the dude off the yeah off the roof. I thought the it's same thing. He I knew specify. as soon as I, I literally said aloud, "She only needs one," and as soon as I said that, she took him off the roof. I was like, "There we go, she only yeah, needs one." I, I love her he... character. Yeah, she she's great. She has a line early on in this episode where where they're taking the tributes and Boba's like, I'm not giving them anything. Get them out of here. That's the end of it. And then she takes what he says and like completely paraphrases it. And she's like, you're getting the tribute of being allowed to live. Now get out, like, you know, before we remove you. And I just love how she's just taking that you know, subtle authority and that that urgency. And it just fits, like, with the character of, like, where she's just so much sharper Yeah, but it also, at this she point does it her... so well that it doesn't feel like she's um, doing it to try and establish authority over Boba Fett. It's almost in support because she cares about him. And you can feel it in the way she, she always interacts with him is, like, you should be doing this. And it's not because she thinks she's in charge, but she's almost cautioning him because she cares. And I really like that dynamic of having a really strong, powerful female co-star that that isn't trying to be top dog, but she knows how to support him, but still retain all of those things that make her who she is. It's great. It's really fabulous writing for for me as a person. And she's also not afraid to be like, you know, maybe you might want to take like a leaf or two out of the Jabba book because, you know, you you need to. She doesn't trust people. Yeah. Whereas Boba's trying to rule in a different way, and she—that's not how she's obviously lived her life up until this point. Is not by trusting people and giving things chances. She's very much a "I do what needs to get done." You think that's going to have conflict between these two characters in the show? I hope I mean, not. I get really sick of the like the buddying up system, and then oh, something comes between them and breaks them up. I just—it's such a tired trope at this stage. We saw it in Hawkeye, yeah. where very briefly. And I like that it didn't drag on, but it was a very, once again, still had to have that conflict yeah. of, oh no, something's forced us to stop being a unit. And it's like, can we just keep a really solid unit of people without having some forced yeah. drama or melodramatics? Yeah, no, I wouldn't want to see them like have like some childish breakup and like montage in the rain in like episode four or something. You're not going to get much rain but there. You, metaphorical rain. And, um, <laughs> So just sand, just just, just picks up sand, piles of sand, just rains it down. That's fine. That that could be a thing. That could be a thing. Anakin would hate that. It's just going up in his robes, like all angles, sandy from all angles, mm-hmm. just like Shmi. Anyway, I was doing so well. Really had a role going on. Anyway, my point is, is that I don't want to see them like just have like some lame like break up, get back together moment. But if we could just have some of that like moral back and forth between them, you know, like in um season two of Daredevil, we get like some really great conversations with um Frank Castle and Daredevil on the roof, and they just. You know, instead of ending the episode with a big fight scene. Yes. Yeah, he's already there, Ben. Did you not see him in this episode? Yeah, 
he didn't get back home. Poor Fint Marco ended up in a galaxy far, far away. Could he become the whole planet? Just be like a big living planet. That'd be cool. But anyway, it sounds like the crossover event of the year. It's going to happen in our lifetime. We will. We, you we're think there's a, there's a chance we're going to get Sandman the Sand Planet? Hmm. Not specific. Then what does he do? He's just a planet. Like, cool. Well done, mate. What do you want now? Yeah. It is one giant universe whose universe means like all of the verse, you know? So that's good stuff. But they don't say any universe far, that's far dumb. away. They say a galaxy far, far away. So that is intriguing because if there's just one galaxy, then there could be other galaxies and in a universe. And it could be the, the Marvel Universe and Sandman is just there, ready, waiting for his moment to. Um, yeah, because to we're on Earth. They're in a galaxy far, far away. You're, it's not happening. You, if you're an expert on the old like Legends comics and stuff, isn't there like an Indiana Jones and Han Solo thing that Never they said do? I was an expert. Like, let's not throw, let's not casually toss out Jess is a Legends expert. Jesus. You, yes, that's you, true. I know, but like Ego had plans to take over the world. What's Sandman going to do from his little sand planet? He's literally just going to go in a little orbit. He's not going to take over anyone just orbiting whatever system he's in. Oh man, a whole planet of sand just breaks up and gets sucked into some other planet's gravitational pull and just really ruins your picnic. And then you, you get know? your rain sand. That's how you get your rain. We've gone uh, full circle now. Full circle, like a like a sand planet in orbit. See, this is the kind of poetic content you come here for. You think it's fucking shit crazy and it always comes back like Boba Fett. And I did it again everyone where are we headed next yeah i know i know soda things took a weird turn <laughs> it's a sand planet okay there are going to be... <laughs> thank you i'm just thank you <laughs> thank you very much so where are we at where where, where do we go from here well, they've dragged they've dragged Boba Fett back and they've put him in the chamber and then we flash back to him being at the camp once again and being taken out to dig. Yeah. This is brutal. I've got a weird question about this. What's with the the little pods of water that they're digging for? Why are they there? Who put those there? How what what is the am I missing some something really obvious? It might be something in the lore, but I don't personally know. They didn't show me anything to indicate how they got there. I didn't see anybody dropping them like breadcrumbs in Hansel and Gretel. So because um, I don't know. It's they just answer. lead them to a random spot. They just like just start digging. Like there's no like metal detector or anything is like this that. What just you start really digging. In Star Wars. This is exactly what I question. Star Wars. This is the question you have. Okay, it's that's fine. It's a desert planet. It's a desert planet. And there's just bottles of Evian buried in the fucking sand. Like, what? where are they coming from? Is that like, is that animal droppings from the big creature and he just drops out like bowls of water? It's a universe far, far away. Their laws of physics might be different from ours. Just, well, just want to put that is, out there. Thank you. Underground, underground coconuts. coconuts. 
That Thank is you. great. So my follow-on question. Does it make you better, feel better about it now that the underground it does. Okay, it cool. does. But just to quickly follow on from this, is this what they mean when they refer to moisture farming in like all the other Star Wars? Is that what they're doing? They're just digging for coconuts? Because that's a lot less like. cool than what I thought moisture farming was. Okay, I thought they'd be like moisture farming was. I figured it'd be like some crazy like big machine that you would have out in the desert so like that would like so like dune, but with water. And you would just it would just extract like the tiny amounts of moisture from the air and the planet and collect it. Because that still sounds know. like industrialism to me. Yeah, this is fine, but you know. This is this is the planet that Watto lived on, okay? Yeah. So mm -hmm. the gloves are off. Oh, I kind of want the universes to stop colliding. I kind of like things being their own. I'm one of those people. Before this show came out, I would have said that it completely made sense to have like Mando pop up in an episode or Grogu or, you know, either or, or, or have some kind of connective tissue. But after seeing this episode, I really don't want that. I mean, I might change my mind if, depending on how the story progresses. But right now, like you say, just keep it, just keep it on the dust bowl. They, there's no need for either one of those two people to show up again, unless the story takes some really drastic, you know, sidestep that we don't see coming. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't need Grogu, and you know. Or Mando, and we're going like extra long time without having Mando. So I should want it, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, you know, maybe I think we, we we've got a whole like slate of Disney um Star Wars shows coming yeah. the next couple of years. I think we're gonna see it again a lot like what Marvel's doing. Instead of like just building up one big storyline, we're gonna just have all these small threads that kind of just spread out over the galaxy or universe and you know if they need to connect and it makes sense for different stories like you know Ahsoka or this or Acolyte whatever to intersect then then they they probably will but they don't yeah I think they should I don't just feel like they need to because it's, it's the book of Boba Fett and I get really sick of it having to be oh we need to connect it to the main Star Wars franchise somehow and it's like we know who this character is and I don't think especially in a galaxy that big how often are you going to just run into someone yeah that's a fair it just, point it just like I get it but like I'm perfectly happy with just having a single a Boba Fett show where it's just him doing his thing yeah and it would be weird because if somebody else shows up in this, then we've then kind of got to backtrack and explain what they were doing at that time and why they had the the fortitude to to show up. So they we don't really show well, how Luke got to got to where he was in, in Mando. They he just he showed up, took Grogu. Yeah, I mean what what is it is it the final episode of Mando that Boba Fett um buggers off or is it is it like the episode or two before right i can't remember so, it's been a while since i watched it but yeah at the end yeah. of the day luke just shows up and like i get that but this is showing you you know sort of little bits towards what was happening um before he goes like because obviously they take his armor and that's potentially where how his armor ends up with um mando cob 
so it's yeah. it's and so it shows you all those little pieces that take him to that point and this is almost a continuation and it ties into mando in that way and i prefer it to stay that way is oh okay so that's how mando got that armor cool yeah, it's just like background context as opposed to like somebody having to Yeah, I don't need to see flash to flash to, you know, a Mando flashback for me to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that would be weird. That it's would too be on really the nose. lame. And that's what a too what a cameo nose. would be is just on the nose. Yeah, and I wasn't a fan of the, the Luke Skywalker stuff. I mean, it made sense in the story for him to show up. Mm-hmm. I didn't love how they handled it. But maybe it's more of like a CGI thing, but... I digress. You know who needs some CGI? It's this poor fuck who keeps getting thrown in the back to tank every five seconds throughout this episode. And again... He's looking so good for his age, though. Timmy Morrison looks really good. Yeah, there's some... And you you really notice the difference between he's getting, like, dragged around in the desert and he's all, like, pale and dehydrated and crusty to when he's, like, getting out that tank and he's all shiny and everything don't tell me you didn't notice the shininess can't say that crossed my mind but i'm glad i'm glad that you got something out of that scene dean welcome to the book of shiny fat everybody oh anyway so they're digging do you know what the creature was that that emerges from the sand i other than like goro from mortal kombat's big brother I don't know. I have not, I've never heard of. Yeah, one I, haven't, of these. I, I haven't seen the, the the species before. Maybe someone else knows, but I don't. Are they connected to the little pods of water because they're right in the same place? Like they might build on that in the next episode, but I obviously don't completely state that that's what it is. Yeah, they don't have to, and it's fine. I'm not hung up on it. But is anyone complaining about this action scene, or is are people happy? With what we get here, this is some cool stuff. Are you asking me, or are you asking everyone else? You and everyone else. You don't have to speak on behalf of everyone else, but give me your take on it. Oh, that's it. Really now good. we're getting the real questions, and he just like they just like sucked up like half a dozen of the dude's babies. No wonder that he was pissed. But it felt weird to me that they just happened to be like in the same place. Like the Tusker was like, "Yeah, come dig here." right here even though there's like no visible sign that there's anything here and it just so happens to be where the water is so and where goro is scene, i don't have a problem with the you clearly have, well you're just complaining about the setup for it i'm complaining i'm not complaining about the setup. i'm just curious as to if and how that is all relevant to each other um and maybe if we knew what these creatures were maybe there's like some pre-established data on on how how they go about their business yeah me too me too what what, what are you having like omelette scrambled let us know in the chat you know i will get a culinary show going on at some point just for you Danny. i'll cook in the nude i'm joking i won't cook we lost all of our viewership just there i hope you have me yeah i mean that, that's how we're going to work. See, you bring them in, I knock them back. Yeah, okay. okay. And and Danny doesn't care. He'll always be here for us. There you go. you got a view. And our omelettes 
That's fine. I loved I love Boba Fett in this scene because even though he he shouldn't be able to do what he does, he still manages in, to take down that creature. You think it goes down too easily? I don't know. I don't know what the creature is. I don't know what its limitations are. Potentially, it's just got a really soft neck. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Once again, kind of I'm place... sure you clearly have a problem with this scene, and you're I not lo- stating it because you don't want to be that person. That's where you're like, "How do people feel about this scene?" When I'm like, I like "No, it. I like, like the okay, scene. Well, I think maybe it's I great." Have some problems with it. I think it's great that we got different kinds of action throughout know, this episode. But every I, comment I have, you're like, "But did they? Should they have done it? How did that work? Why would they do that?" Because it's fun to question the logic stuff. My point was going to be about the squishy neck thing. Is this is a trope? Yeah, I get it. I get it. This is a trope in like everything sci-fi and fantasy. You can have the most non-humanoid, weird, blobulous, mangly, genetic mistake of a creature. And somehow the vital organs are always basically in the same places. That's just a thing that happens, you know. Necks, heads. We don't parts. know that the vital organs are in its neck. Well, no, but it's a neck. It's a vital piece of the puzzle. Is is the point? You know. I know what necks are. It's fine. <laughs> You know, if and this is coming from a whole bunch of people who like to wear a helmet and body armor, nothing on the neck. Yeah. So, you maybe know, that's maybe he that's a thing. It. He takes it he, down. He knows. He he knows. It's the weak spot on everything. He helped um, to save you know, the youngling. It was great. And then the youngling takes all the credit and it's hilarious. He takes it back to camp and they're all congratulating him. And the one dude, which I'm guessing he's the chief, like clearly knows it's bullshit and the hands in the water. But I love that the kid's like, yeah, I'm totally going to take credit for this. Yeah. Like, why not? I mean, again, not only does that kind of like show like, you know, more just like the dynamics between how these people live, but just, really shows some personality and we got a whole bunch of that in Mandalorian as well with not only the Tusker Raiders but like the um oh what are the little hoodie fellows called the um Ewoks not they're not Ewoks they're the other one the um the Jawas the Jawas and how we get got it it's in there so yeah I just that's my favorite stuff it's just the cultural you know, interpersonal stuff. And with no dialogue, you know, yeah. we don't know what these, we don't know, well, I mean, this kind of dialogue, it's not really in a, in a language that we're aware of. But, you know, they're communicating with each other. Yeah, they, because they it's well acted. Pe- you can tell the intent. And sometimes that's the whole thing is yeah. body language is more than what you say sometimes. Yeah. And again, like it's not only just like body language acting, but through like that level of like costume and prosthetics and stuff. It's really quite impressive. Um, there's a serious art going on there. And I think like it must be like a lot of the same team that worked on Mando. And I remember seeing on the um the behind the scenes stuff that they did where they did have like all these like body language experts and like, you know, people who did like Makaton and different like you know, visual languages and stuff like this to kind of come out and really flesh out all of these races, which, you know, could have just been so easy to just throw in, you know, 
it's a Tuscan Raider. It's not I don't on Duolingo yet. Okay, get it up on Duolingo. Your girl will try to learn it. Yeah, you know, I'm only half Tuscan on my mum's side, and we weren't allowed to speak it in the house growing up because my dad was a hardcore empire nut, and it was just a no-go. How did it work? It didn't, but you got me. Moving on. Where are we moving on to? I keep getting he's, distracted. He's, it's you read the end. He's been handed the, the water worst. and it's done. Yeah. Gives him the water and we just cut to black. Sometimes well, I don't mind it's, it's this. A good, it's a good place to end. Is that handing over and you realise that he's made, he's, he's now an equal for them. He's unchained. His chains have been broken. He hasn't been chained up again. And he hasn't been led into camp like he would yeah. have been or guarded going into camp. He's treated as, as one of their yeah. own. Yeah, he could have just slaughtered this whole little town or village and just carried on That's about his business. Is. Same as he could have just walked into all those bars and and businesses later on in the episode and just rocket launched the hell out of the place and and done things that way. And I'm glad, we're all glad that he didn't, I'd like to think. Um, well, it's not who he is. Otherwise, we're just watching a whole mercenary show. It goes back to yeah. that, that thing at the beginning where I was saying. Exactly that. We cut to black, everybody. We don't know where we're going from this point. I, it's hard to kind of predict what the kind of plot threads are going to be. We kind of get that we're going to have this like dilemma of like, how do we take over and run this stuff? You know, how do we balance that with the mole? The mole questions. How far is too far, everyone? A galaxy far, far away is pretty far. But we'll find out next week. We, we're kind of getting mellow, real Bob Ross right now. Um, any final thoughts on the episode before we wrap uh, this thing up? No, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I don't think that every first episode has to be a powerhouse. I don't understand this whole... I think a lot of fans are far harder on Marvel and Star Wars TV series than any other sort of franchise. I think that they think that the first episode has to be perfect. Otherwise, it's not worth watching and it's kind of stupid. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a really great, really great show. Considering how well they did with Mando and looking at how seriously they want to take the properties that they've developed it's going to be a really good show i reckon they're not going to please everyone yeah. but i i know i think this i would say it was a powerhouse episode i think it was a pretty good episode there was a few moments in here with the action with boba fett and, and Benek and and a lot of that stuff choreography or not you know it was just great to see the characters go through that journey physically and otherwise um, so I don't think it was a powerhouse episode, but I enjoyed this episode probably. It doesn't have to be, it's just the first much, episode, yeah. But if every episode is as good as this episode for me, then that will equal Mando or any of these other shows that we've been getting from Marvel, DC, Disney, otherwise, whatever. Can't watch the DC show, guys, because we're not allowed HBO Max. Get on it. On that note, wrong show, but it, it was in my system and now it's not. Stay healthy, everyone. You can't be a ruthless bounty hunter your whole life. You've got to relax sometimes. Anyways, why don't you tell the people where and when they can find you? What do you get up to? 
what's going on in Kiwiland? Uh, so, yeah, you can find me at Kiwi underscore Jess underscore on Twitter. Uh, so we recently, the other day on the 27th, had a Star Wars match where we did the Star Wars holiday special. We had a bunch of Star Wars competitors. We had Thomas Harper, Alex Damon, Gold Leader, Marie Wilson, Zach Burkett, Adam Witt. It was a really, really fun time. And I highly suggest if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Then this Saturday, so the first, we're having uh, Let's Talk About Star Wars, where we're playing the Alien game. So that should be a good fun. And then I'm also on a show that we're just launching called Northern Unwind, where we chill out and talk about movies and play games and just hang out. And that's on the second. So that's where you'll find me. But it's over on the Northern Entertainment Group uh, channel because we've rebranded from Schmoes in the North. That was so that's what. They have rebranded. They've got all kinds of great stuff going on. Past, present, future. It's going to be a fun time. Meanwhile, you will find me on Tatooine trying to find the nighttime and the shadows that ensue. They've got to be out there somewhere. I'm fine, everybody. I just don't have anything else to promote, and I'm trying to make it fun. Was that fun? I hope you've had fun, Jess. I hope everyone in the chat has had fun. Thank you, everyone, for chiming in. I didn't see any of you guys in the chat or any of our other shows. I wonder what the difference is, everybody. But let's not let's not rocket pack any egos, shall we? I'm Dean Lewis. Like. Catch me on Twitter at DeanLewis2099. Don't forget to click like and subscribe on the Merc with the Movie Blog channel. And we will see you next week for Chapter 2 of The Book of Boba Fett. Peace out.